Today is a wet and windy day in the city. However, I have Coventry's ray of sunshine with me. We have TV presenter, radio presenter, journalist, award host, the city's darling, Trisha Dudu with me today. Good job. It's not visual. <laughs> Because I don't look like any of those things, Aaron. Yeah, it's great to be here. And I'm so uh, grateful for the opportunity because, you know, like me, you're Coventry through and through. And to, to even talk about Coventry, we just don't do it often enough, do we? Really, let's think about that. We don't actually talk about our great city enough with people like yourselves who just want to make a difference. And it is. It's, it's wonderful. This is a, a must appointment appointment. <laughs> and this is, I've interviewed Olympians, BAFTA winning directors. This is the most nervous I've been on all of them. Now, Trish is the kindest person and has been the kindest person to me. Lots of you will know Etch and Pin is my business and I've been on BBC CWR many times. But what we're doing now is I'm in front of a, a professional radio presenter and here's me with my iPhone mic and my amateurish style of interviewing. So what we're going to do today, a little bit of a This Is Your Life. Trish is going to tell us about her Coventry story how she came to be in the city, what led to her working in the media, and what we're also going to do, because I know I know Trish's boys, and Trish's boys are amazing, and I'm sure Trish doesn't get a chance to shout about them as much as she'd like to, so this is the chance to talk about the great work that they're doing, and why I am certain they will be future guests on this podcast in the future. So let's start early, let's start with your initial upbringing. Um, you and I both share a school, so I'm sure we can touch upon some of that stuff. But tell me about growing up in the city, um, or did you grow up in the city? I don't think you even know that. Yes, I was, even though I was born in Bristol, um, my parents decided to move to Coventry. It was one of those decisions where Coventry was the centre of the world, so much going on, and they thought, no, let's let's give Coventry a try. And uh, so, yeah, right, my early memories, Queen Margaret's Road, Canley. Um, I'll be honest, Aaron, they were, they were, it was tough times. I remember sort of, we were seen as, I suppose immigrants in many ways because you know we were this sort of black family that arrived on the the road and there was some tough times I just remember I don't think it was sort of very open racial abuse but it I remember oh gosh I remember sort of things coming through the letterbox and you know my dad sort of saying no look there's some uneducated people but we've got we've got to educate them and I think one of the most incredible memories I have as a child is when um you know someone had just sort of you know being racially abusive to my brother and you know my dad sort of knocked on this person's door on the street and said right can we talk he said and he produced a football and uh, you know I just remember all of us playing football in the park behind the house and that just stopped it just ended it was weird because I was like oh my gosh we're playing football with people that have been horrible to us but the sport was the coming together my dad realized quickly that you know we we are we just need to just show that we're just humans like everyone else, obviously. And it was just such a wonderful moment. I, you know, my dad's not here anymore, but I just think, oh gosh, that taught me such a lesson that, you know, racism, homophobia, uh, it's all to do with fear because people don't understand. So what do they do? They think, oh, fear, hate, hate, fear. Nobody's born racist. And that was a massive lesson. And, and also what a massive lesson was, was how beautiful Coventry was because, the Queen's Jubilee, 1977, on the street in Canley, trestle tables, bunting, jelly and ice cream, everyone coming together because we all love the royal family and the Queen. And again, that could have only happened 
for me, in a place where people were open and accepting. And so for me, you know, I'm so proud. Even though I was born in Bristol, to me, I'm Coventry through and through. So we lived in Canley, honestly, Aaron. So it, my story is mad because my dad won the pools. <laughs> My dad won the pools. So back in those days, I don't know, it must have been an equivalent of about 70 grand. But I remember um, sort of being woken up in the middle of the night and dad was like, look, we've got to go. And I was like, what? No, I like this. I was crying. And we got on this, this big lorry and they transported us to Cowden, Middleborough Road. My dad won the pools. He got this house. And it was like, whoa, it's a different part of the city. And, you know, never, you know, and, it, and that was another sort of movement and that's when I went to Bars Hill School because Bars Hill down the road from Middleborough Road across Norse Mill Park that's Bars Hill School um, and the people were lovely there it was it was a great neighbourhood but I'll be honest I, I did miss that sort of camaraderie in, in Canley because we were all dirt poor but we all got on <laughs> Cowden, yeah, it was a different type of place. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was transformative. Bars Hill loved it. Miss, you know, Miss Smith, Miss High, uh, oh gosh, I tell you, Miss Highfield, um, Miss Charles, uh, Mr. Heath, um, all these wonderful teachers at Bars Hill who, you know, inspired me, got me going where I need to go, Aaron, you know, Bars Hill. It, yeah, so it was just wonderful, wonderful life. <laughs> Bars Hill played a huge role with me around mixing with different diversities and different people. Um, I Bars Hill was a multicultural school, proud of it. We when um, what would have been the mid nineties when Kosovans were coming over to the city, we had a temporary classrooms for them to learn at the school, and they played football with us. And football was a big unifier for us of mixing with lots of different kinds of people, um, and that followed me through my life. When I went to university, I met people. I went to Nottingham. I met people who had never met a black person before, never met an Indian before, and. I was like, no, this all I've known is different people. I don't kind of think of it that way. And I'm indebted to Bars Hill for that. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, you can see in the way that you are, the way that, you know, because you, you get on with everybody. And I think that's what Bars Hill gave us. Yeah, you know, we're still going to have, you know, I don't know, sort of anxieties, prejudices, whatever you call it. But the more you're exposed to diversity in all its forms, whether it's sexual orientation, racism, cultural difference, religious difference, you can head out to that world. And when you went to Nottingham, did you, you, like you say, you found that, didn't you? You were like, okay, I can cope with anything. Yeah, oh, it's 100%. It was all completely normal to me. Yeah. And that's why sometimes, for, even for me as, as a white guy, I struggle to, to kind of see that why people have those feelings towards other people. Because for me, everyone's the same and is yeah. just normal. But that's it. And, and like I say, what's lovely about City of Culture now for, for, for the world is that we are the most diverse city and we're able to put that on the map. It's a shame about the pandemic that we've not been able to give it that that massive welly. But, you know, for me, and it goes to my kids as well, if you go, uh, like this morning when I got up, you know, there's, <laughs> there's there's a white guy knocking the door saying, is Kennedy up? There's an Asian guy saying, is Tyler here? You know, <laughs> it's just incredible. And, you know, um, I just think for me... My what I want my legacy to be is that Coventry has been this place which has been sanctuary. My parents came here for work sanctuary. They found their peace of mind. They stayed here. My mum's here. My dad died here. He's buried here in the city. And, you know, what an incredible legacy to know that, you know, the Bars Hill and the experiences in Canley just shape us to who we are. And this is why I think you're the same in many ways, Aaron. You're very giving. And, you know, those of us who've got, you know, okay jobs and we're fortunate enough to help others, 
that's what we need to do because there's going to be little Aaron's and little Trishas running around trying to understand the world. And it's our job to make sure they, they know that commentary is that place for them. Yeah, I totally agree. So let's talk about after school then. So we went, you went to Bars Hill and then what was the gap between leaving school and your starting in journalism? Yeah, so, you know, I went to Bars Hill till the age of 18 um, and then looked around. I thought, oh, you know, I loved sport. I'd represented my country in netball. Um, my brother had represented England football and, and Everton with, with cricket did really well. And I thought, well, I want to be a sports uh, teacher. And I literally thought, this is it. I'm going to be a sports teacher and, uh, and that's that. But actually, there was a different turn. There was a different opportunity because when I'd been watching World of Sport and Grandstand and Match of the Day, you know, my dad was a massive sports fan because obviously the football coming out back in the day in Canley. And I was watching, I was thinking, where are the women? Where are the women on telly talking about sports? Like, where are they? And um, there's no black people. There's no Scottish or Welsh people. It was like, this whole world of sport. All of the competitors were diverse, but the people presenting and reporting weren't. So I remember saying to my dad, um, you know, look, uh, I I really want to give this a go. And he was like, we would go for it. I said, well, there's no one that looks like me female wise well why don't you be the first and I was like oh. so I started writing to all these you know no internet so writing letters to all these companies 83 rejection letters 83 just like whoa just like sorry no room at mill and I went to this oh, I went to this thing I went to this uh, conference and it was it was to do with education and whatever and Des Lynham was there and I remember just looking my gosh there's Des Lynham and I rushed him up to like some mad crazy woman. And I love you, Mr. Lionel. I really think you're great. Da, da, da. And you could see him retreating <laughs> and looking for security. And he said to me, "Gosh, you know, you're, you've got a you've got a good uh, chat on you. You know, you should you should think about." And I said, "This is incredible." And I, you know, I, I I want to do match of the day, but I never get a chance. He said, "Go for it." Wrote to match of the day again, and this time I'm able to say, "Oh, I met." Mr. Lynham, and he encouraged me. The rest, as they say, is history. I went for an interview, and I remember I couldn't afford to, the train fare to get up to London for this interview. And um, I remember, you know, some of my neighbours helping and saying, oh, it's just, I don't want to get emotional. But they just sort of said, look, you know, come on, you, you know, and my dad chipped in, and my mum, obviously, and off I went for this um, for this interview, and I got it, <laughs> uh, which was just absolutely incredible. So, uh, yeah, I, I got this interview and they said, look, you know, we want you to come and work on Match of the Day, um, but you still need to get your skills. So I went to university and I did like little training days on Match of the Day. And when I finished university, I went for a proper assistant producer job and, uh, you know, 60 questions in in, uh, two minutes you had to answer on sport. And I got it. And it was just incredible work on Match of the Day. Again, though... Coventry there was nobody from Coventry in the office and I was like where are you from they're all from London I was like and, and someone had known about Bars Hill Girls School <laughs> so I they said to me oh you went to Bars Hill the girls school and I went and I lied it's the first time I bloody lied because I just felt inadequate and that was a class thing because everybody was really posh and um but Bars Hill School had this reputation of being really good and, and someone had heard about it in the office. Uh, and I just think Coventry, it doesn't matter where you go in the world, you meet somebody from Coventry. Have you, have you found that, Aaron? I was in on a lad's holiday one time and some 
girl and a lad came running over. You, I've seen you in the collie. I've seen you in the collie. And me and my friends were like, what? We were in like a completely different part. But I think there is something around everyone in Coventry knows everybody in Coventry. And even if you're not friends or you talk to them, you recognise them. And yeah, yeah Coventry is definitely a place where everyone knows each other. Oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And it's just, you know... Doing uh, match of the day, then I got um, headhunted to do some stuff with Janet Sheet Porter, so I was reporting. Um, then I went on to oh, all sorts of jobs. I was a camera woman um, for a time, um, and that was significant really because when I my first major gig um, was going to the Nigel Ben and um, Joe, uh, sorry Chris, uh, sorry the Nigel Ben and Joe McLennan fight. And I was there and, you know, Joe McLennan had, had become b- badly brain damaged. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh. And then I was walking back as a camera woman and someone shouted, are you from Cov? <laughs> and I looked behind and it was like, <laughs> it was somebody who I knew from Coventry. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, because I was so sad in that moment. And it was just so lovely. And I thought, someone from Cov. And you know, we gave each other hugs. And everywhere you go there's a commentary connection and how wonderful is that because we're not a massive city but everywhere at every poignant moment there seems to be somebody from Coventry um so yeah I've you know I've done amazing things you know I I launched Loose Women um, when it first launched I was the 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 person that got the pilot off presented on there I came back to Coventry because my dad became ill uh, with cancer and I thought no you know what I need to leave London and, and be back and as soon as I arrived back in the city with my partner Ezzy it just felt like home I just thought oh gosh this is incredible I've been everywhere but I'm back home and boy did it feel good and when would what year would that have been well, yeah, it was just before Tyler was... It was a 2001, just before Tyler was born. And, uh, yeah, because my dad sort of yeah, passed away in 2006. So, um, yeah, it was just lovely being home. I absolutely... I have you ever been away, Aaron? Have you ever lived away? Only when I went to university in Nottingham. Uh-huh. And what did it feel like for you when you got back? Um, I, Nottingham, I feel, is very similar to Coventry. Uh-huh. I really felt a kind of... The Coventry that Coventry is becoming now... Mm-hmm feels like what Nottingham was then. Like a, quite a, a student population. Um, it feels a similar kind of size. Um, but yeah, when I, it definitely, I never felt home there. This, obviously I grew up in Coventry, yeah, which yeah, is why. Yeah, yeah. But you, it's like the warm pair of slippers when you got home yeah, exactly. compared to being somewhere else. Absolutely. And to be honest, you know, uh, I went, I, when the kids were growing up, I, I, I did some supply teaching at Ling Hall at Camden Core. And it was just so wonderful to, to look at the next generation because I'd, I'd escaped all that. I'd, I'd been living away in London and Manchester for 15 years. So to come back and think, gosh, you know, we are on safe hands. Yeah, yeah, you know, because the young people wanted and believed in Coventry. And it was like looking at my past, looking at all this diversity again. Do you know what I mean? But there were problems, of course, the, the knife crime. And I'm delighted that, you know, and I'm proud of my kids that, you know, Tyler in particular, well, both, I love my, both of my kids, obviously, but Tyler was going to go to university and then realised how bad knife crime was. And it changed his life. He literally um, found out one of his friends had been stabbed, not, not fatally. And in that split moment, he said, I can't leave this city. I need to do something about it. I remember that time. I remember because obviously 
Etch and Pinstoff now have been three or four years and it must have been around that time yeah, that you supported them but yeah, I remember Tyler running into the kitchen saying mom there's this man called Aaron that's going to help us with a bit of money for Fridays and he was so proud and thank you Aaron because it was that that donation helped get some um, uh, knife ones that he could use within the clubs that he uh, the schools and the, 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 the youth clubs that he went into so you know that money paid for knife ones and security and helped people and you know what the most important and, and almost tragic thing is is that one of the knife deaths in the city was a young man who was heading towards Fridays because his parents came and told Tyler but he decided to go another route and he you know and it ended in in a in a fatality of which you know he was involved in a group and had he gone to Fridays that night you know you keep you keep thinking gosh you know what if what if what if and it's about educating now what you're doing with your books about Coventry educating young people that born here or who lived here so you know what Coventry is a vibrant place and it's a vibrant place and it's got a great history and you should know about it and so you know your Lady Godiva book I've got that and I've given it to you know my my niece's children I said look this is a pioneering woman do you know what I mean? The, the lovely photo that you've got that has all different images of Coventry. You know, again, you know, that's up on in, in, in my friend's house. And it's like, look, this is Coventry. And you need to be able to say to people, look, 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 you know, this is Coventry. Because if people really realise how many pioneers were here, they would be inspired. So let's let's not focus just on Tyler, because I know Kennedy feel left out. <laughs> so let's, so, so Tyler obviously is, is the head of uh, Friday's. Um, initially looking just to support people as a place to go, young teenagers to kind of move away from a life of crime and somewhere to go that was a safe haven, um, like a youth club type thing, and has grown to lots of different things now. Um, and Kennedy then is now just behind with a completely different yeah. thing, yeah. but just as important. Tell me a bit more about Skin to Mint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, Skin to Mint um, it actually evolved out of lockdown because Kennedy was going in a dark place, you know, like a lot of teenagers. He was 17 years old. Where do I go? He was doing a sports degree, not really enjoying it. But one thing he loved was money. And, you know, he used to sort of say to me, how much debt are you in? I'm like, I'm not telling you, you're my kid. (laughs) But actually, I thought I should talk to him. I said, yeah, I've got my car. I pay HP on my car. Anyway, long story short, he decided to really explore why don't kids know more about money? What's the problem? And again, you came and helped. You gave him advice, uh, you know, with, with his cards. And he, he's developed this card game, which is literally an A to Z of, of money terms like bailiff, council tax, student loan, whatever it is. And he goes into primary schools and he teaches them about money. And just, you know, Commentary Brewing Society um, have been wonderful at supporting him. It's mentoring him, aren't they? Yeah, mentoring him. And again, where else would that happen, Aaron? Where else would you get the CEO of Commentary Building Society, Steve Hughes, talking to a young lad and going, right, you've got an idea, you know, come with me. The thing is, though, Trish, the diff- so Coventry obviously will meet us halfway, but you need to graft. And I think I'll connect myself with you because we're grafters. We're people that <laughs> do things. We don't just say, and your boys are the same. And I'm inspired by people like you. So Etch and Pin was something where Tyler sat and looked at your website and said, gosh, there's a guy who just keeps coming up with creative ideas around commentary. That's the little seed that goes into a teenager or goes into a young person and says, actually, this guy isn't that much older than me. And that's what I think we need to do. Well, we need to 
help these young people. Fleur Sexton, another inspiring woman. You've got all these really inspiring people in Coventry. And what I hope from your brilliant podcast is that people see, well, look, there's no excuse not to do it and make it. We're not, well, none of us are making tons and millionaire money, but we're changing people's lives. And that to me is so more significant than what's in your bank balance. Uh, totally I've been working as you know on my my books and one of them's the Meet the Cov Kids book so 12 people from the city so I'm now working on the second one of those and I've probably got enough for a third one so that's 36 people and Trish you've not even made that 36 but 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 it shows you know like we we can there's so many people that have gone into amazing things and more we can show our younger people in the city just because because we come from what is perceived as a smaller city doesn't mean you can't go on to achieve amazing things Dave Moorcroft I grew up watching him and he's one the people I wanted to get into sport the Sky Blues 1987 first time I saw my dad cry openly in public you know what I mean? and you know it's just wonderful and you know you think about all the people coming in after us as well and that's why what you're doing Aaron is so important because I cannot stress it enough if we don't know our past we will never know our future and that's what's important you don't get taught about all the people that you are writing about in your books in school you know this is we do we need to have have a Coventry syllabus in many ways because where else are we going to inspire people? Where it's exactly one of the person, the people that I found out about was Dame Laura Davis, who's the most yes. decorated female golfer that came from Coventry. How did I not know about this growing up? It's nuts! It's nuts! You just think, oh my gosh, we have this Coventry mentality, don't we? Which is, you know. Don't, don't don't boast about things don't shout out well that has got to end because you know if we were from London we'd be shout out about it. if we were Mank from Manchester sorry or Scouser we'd be shouting about it about it again that's why it's important podcasts like this the books that you're writing the the the, the, the revolving cafe this is the things that we need we we so need it's the heartbeat of the city and I, I hope that after city of culture the legacy of Coventry li- lives on I hope the council house where we're sat in here now you know br- you know brilliant things have come out of here as well initiatives we just need to keep the legacy going I'm hoping that that, that, that they do It'll be people like you and I that help to keep that alive, kind of going on. So before I let you go then, tell me about BBC CWR. How did you end up going to there and kind of what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, yes. Oh, gosh, BBC CWR. When I came back to Coventry from London, I applied everywhere and said, look, I just want to do journalism. I don't care where you put me. Uh, And so uh, it's been up and down. I had a a lovely time presenting on The Breakfast Show and now I'm on The Drive Show. And... uh, it's giving me a different perspective because you hear voices every single day into your show with great stories. And I tell you this now, I working in television, people in television used to look down on people on radio because radio was the poor cousin. Not anymore. Hardly anyone watches telly. And so radio is really important. So, you know, please, let's all keep working together. It's, you know, CWI, yourselves, City of Culture, the council. Let's just keep bringing important stories to light. And I think that's that's the most critical thing. That's where I am now. I want to keep pushing those untold stories so that we don't hear that hidden voice, particularly as we're heading towards a, a really tough time financially for everybody. 
you know how much I appreciate your support. Even on this podcast today, you're my like cheerleader for me. It makes me blush. It seems like uh, talking about me, I do really appreciate it. And the support of the BBC CWR have always given me. I remember speaking to Vic Early Doors about that it's a batch badge. I was so nervous. I was in this BBC studio. And actually, I now can see how personable that place is. Yeah, and to be honest, Aaron, I hope that you really continue with this media side of you, of you because you are a natural broadcaster. Yes, you do things creatively. You write books. You're an author. Wonderful. But I also hope that you think about more. To me, you're a natural broadcaster. So, you know what? If you ever want an agent, <laughs> you would be amazing because you've got so much respect and you really like people. To do my job, you have to like people. If you don't, like with Vic, Bob, Bolly, Phil Upton, you have to like people and you get pretty found out pretty quickly if you don't. So I reckon that would be your next, you know, evolution, your next revolution. <laughs> Trish, I really appreciate your time. We could have spoken for another half an hour, an hour, and no doubt we'll get your boys on on the podcast as well. I think it would be great to speak to them. They are massive ambassadors for the city, and I think they're going to go on to great things. Fingers crossed. Thank you. Very humble. (laughs) Thank you, Take the